Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. without you knowing how you said even you have numbered the hair that is on our head Lord there is nothing that happens to us without you knowing why are you so mindful of immortal beings like us mortal beings like us why are you so mindful of 
Why do you so much care about us that you send your only begotten son to die for us? We are thankful and grateful this Easter Sunday in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? glad to be in the house of God. Powerful. Well, this afternoon, on this Easter Sunday, I'm just going to share with you a message that Paul preached to the church of Corinth. And we're just going to share that same message. It's a message that he shared with them more than 2,000 years ago on the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection of Christ. Now, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what makes Christianity a completely different religion from any other religion. It is the concept or the thing that sets Christianity apart from any other religion. Our Jesus was not an unfortunate victim of the wickedness of mankind. He was not an unfortunate victim of circumstances. Hallelujah. Jesus did not die because he was in a wrong place at the wrong time. Amen. Jesus did not die from asthma attack or diarrhea, or dehydration. He did not die from kidney failure, or high blood pressure, or diabetes, or Ebola. Hallelujah. Jesus did not die from Ebola. Amen. There's a scripture in John chapter 10 and verse 17. John 10 and verse 17. It says, Therefore doth my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. Jesus lays down his life and he took it again. He says, Therefore doth my father love me because I laid down my life that I may take it again. And verse 18, he says, No man taketh it from me. No man took his life from him. He says, No man taketh my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. Now, this cannot be said of any religious leader. This cannot be said of anyone. Hallelujah. He says, No man taketh it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. That is the God that you serve. He says, I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again. Hallelujah. Beloved, this is the Jesus Christ that you are following. He says, I have power. I have power to lay down my life. And I have power to take it again. Amen. Amen. This is what separates us from any other religion. Amen. This is what makes Christianity a unique religion. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, I want us to share on this message. Now, the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We are going to read this chapter, and when we are done, we are done with the message. The title of the message is The Resurrection of Christ. 
Hallelujah. You see, when Paul first came to the church of Corinth, he made it clear to them what his message was going to be about. Because if you remember, in the book of Acts, chapter 17, he had gone to the mass hill, and he was trying to be philosophical and trying to argue with the, the Athens, the Greeks, the philosophers. And he was trying to reason with them. Because the Bible says that those people, they had nothing to do except to come to this area and they just say and hear. And they, that is all they were doing. And they come to see if someone has something new that he was going to tell them. But when Paul mentioned, when Paul was talking to them and he mentioned the resurrection, they all got up and said, we will hear you again next time. We will hear. It did not make any sense to them. Hallelujah. So when he came to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1, let us read that first. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 1. When he came, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. I did not come to you with the excellency of speech and of wisdom, to declare the testimony of God, which is what we have grown to like or we have grown to love, the excellency of speech. Which, in a way, we are using that to declare the testimony of God. And that the testimony of God is that students will pass their examinations. That the testimony of God is that you will find a husband. That the testimony of God is that you find a job. Tamir, that the testimony of God is that you receive promotion. He says, I came not to you, brethren, with excellency of speech and of the wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Verse 2, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Christ and him crucified. He said, I determined not to know anything amongst you that your marriage is not well, that you, you, you have lost your job, that you, you need a child, that you need a job, that you need promotion, that you need to complete your career, that you need to pass as I determined not to know anything amongst you save Christ and him crucified. Verse 3. And I was with in, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing wisdom of, enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Hallelujah. Of demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man. May your faith not stand in the wisdom of man. That your faith will not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Your faith will stand in the power of God. Your faith will stand in the power of God. Your faith will stand in the power of God. And not in the wisdom of man. May we not be enticed to Christianity by the wisdom of man. That you will receive promotion. That you are coming to church because you know it will make your marriage well. Hallelujah. Paul's message. So, verse 15. Chapter 15, 1 Corinthians. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, now brothers and sisters... I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Now, when someone says, I want to remind you, now does it sound like something that the people have forgotten? It sounded like the people have forgotten. It sounded like the people have misplaced the understanding of the gospel. It sounded like they have misinterpreted the gospel completely. So he says, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received 
and on which you have taken your stand. The church of Corinth, like most of our modern day churches, we have also come to a place where we have forgotten about the gospel. We have completely forgotten about the gospel. We have given new reasons for the gospel. We have given new reasons why God gave us his only begotten son. Beloved, God did not give his only begotten son that you have a husband. God did not give his only begotten son that you will find a wife. God did not give his only begotten son that you will have children, that you will have promotion. God did not give his only begotten son that you will finish your education. Hallelujah. God did not give his only begotten son that you have twins. We have come to a place where sometimes we feel that God has let us down. God has disappointed us. We have been let down in the Christian faith because I have two girls and I was hoping the third one was going to be a boy and I prayed to God and I fasted and I asked and the third one was also a girl. God has let me down. God did not give his only begotten son that you have a boy. That is not why God gave his only begotten son. I have been in the church for a while and no one has come. God, God, where are you? I have been in the church for a while and no one has proposed to me. God, where are you? I have been let down by God. God did not give you his only begotten son to die that you will find a beloved. That you will find a beloved. That is not the reason why Christ came. So he says, let me remind you. I, am, I want to remind you. Hallelujah. So he says, by this gospel, you are saved. Verse 2. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Is someone here understanding what I am sharing this afternoon? It says, by this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. You see, as we continue to follow Christ, we shall experience certain blessings. We shall experience certain miracles. As we are following Christ, we shall experience certain fantastic blessings. By all means... You will experience a miracle. By all means, you will experience a miracle. By all means, what you are looking for, God will give you. By all means, the blessings will come your way. By all means, as you are following Christ, you will receive promotion. By all means, the husband will come. By all means, you will pass your exam. By all means, the impossibilities will become possible in your life. But that is not the reason why we are following Christ. Hallelujah. That is not the reason. When Jesus called the disciples, he called them unto them. And he says, follow me, follow me. What would I make you? I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. And as you are with me, as you are walking with me, you will become fishers of men. And when they were following him, when they were with him, they realized that this man, he can multiply bread. This man, he can small amount of bread and with fish. He can multiply it and feed so many people. They realize that this man, he can cause the lame to walk. They realize that this man, he can cause the blind to see. They were seeing fantastic miracles. They were seeing powerful miracles. They were seeing that this man, he has such power to storm the storms can be calm. He has such power to calm the storms. Yes, these are the blessings that come with it. But that is not the reason why he called them. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Alongside the following on the road, you are going to see fantastic miracles. Beloved, you are going to see fantastic miracles. You are going to receive your promotion but that is not the primary reason why we follow Christ. That is not the primary reason. Hallelujah. That is not the primary reason. Amen. He says by this gospel you will be saved. By this gospel, you will be saved. 
Hallelujah. He says, for what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. You see, your requests and your demands and your expectations have changed the gospel in many churches. It has changed the gospel. If you go to a church where blessings are not pronounced upon you, where hands are not laid on you, where you are not receiving increase and promotions, and they are not being prophesied that you are going to receive a husband and you are going to have this and you are going to have that, you don't feel you are receiving blessings. But Paul said, he says, for what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. And what is it? Here is it. This is the gospel. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to save us. And then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living. Though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Why? Because I am the least of the apostles, and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I work harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Hallelujah. The grace of God has found you. Beloved, what have you done with the grace? What have you done with the grace? What have you done with the grace of God that has found you? There are some of you who, it's by the grace of God that you are here today. He said, I persecuted the church. I persecuted the church. Some of you, for the things that you have said about churches and about pastors, you don't deserve to be in the presence of God today. But the grace of God has found you. The grace of God has found you. I said, the grace of God has found you. What have you done with the grace? What have you done with the grace? Paul said, I work harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believe. This is the gospel. That Jesus Christ came into the earth to die for us. And that he rose again on the third day. And he appeared before many witnesses. This is our gospel. Hallelujah. I said this is our gospel. Verse 12, it says, but it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead. He said, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? How do you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? You may not have opened your mouth to say that there is no resurrection of the dead, but your lifestyle shows that you you are demonstrating that there is no resurrection of the dead. Because if indeed there was resurrection of the dead and you truly believed it, you wouldn't live the way you are living. You wouldn't treat your church attendance the way you treat it. You wouldn't carry on your relationship with Christ the way you are carrying on. If indeed you believe that Christ is risen. So he says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. So if we do not believe in the resurrection of the dead, then Easter is useless. Then it means that not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. If Christ, beloved, our faith, the foundation of our faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if we cannot grasp that if we cannot imbibe in that and have that sit in our heart then our preaching is useless and so is your faith hallelujah 
then all the things we are doing, they are useless. Amen. If we cannot grasp this one concept, I say the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what makes us Christians. It is what makes this faith faith. It is what separates us from any other religion. Hallelujah. So he says, where are we? Verse 16. Verse 15. He says, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. If indeed Christ is not raised, he says, then more than that, more than just that Christ was not raised and that our preaching is useless and our faith is useless, it means also that then he says, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him. If in fact the dead are not raised. If that is what we are saying. If in fact we are saying that the dead is not raised. Then we are testifying falsely about God. Is someone understanding what I'm sharing with you? I want you to really understand this message. Because this is the foundation of your faith. Amen. He says, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Wow. That we say we are born again and all things are passed away and all things are become new. It is a lie. If in fact there is no resurrection. Do you see how important is it that we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ? It is what has made us brand new men and women. Hallelujah. It is what has made a murderer a righteous person. It is what has made a thief a righteous person. He says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life. Listen very carefully. He says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Do you understand that? If our hope in Christ, if only is for this life, for this life means our hope in Christ that we will have more clothes. Our hope in Christ that we will have a good job. Our hope in Christ is that we will have a nice house. Our hope in Christ is that we will have a husband or we have a wife or we will pass our exams or we will marry. If that is all our hope in Christ is, then we are of all men the most miserable. Then there is no point in us sitting here today. We might as well have gone to work over time and make money. Alex, do you understand? Then we must have well go and find another job instead of coming here and gathering in the name of Christ. If our hope in Christ, and that is what we have come to, that our hope, all of our hope is in that something, Christ will give me something in this world. And if that is all, our hope is in Christ. And the Bible says we are of all men the most miserable. Why not? Because they are drinking and partying and they're feeling happy. And sometimes when you see some of these things, it's enticing. You'll find one man with five women in the tri-state area. Everywhere he goes. But you say, this is what I will live with. I have made a choice and this is all. For 50 years. One way. <laughs> 50 years. That is, that is your portion. 50 years. That is your commitment. Julia, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If this is what we, if all our hope is in Christ is in this world, then we are the most miserable people. Then we are the most miserable people. Amen. Amen. And, and last night, the night before, I realized if my hope in Christ is only that I'll have a nice home and I'll have this, it would have come down just overnight. We are the most miserable. 
Hallelujah. But Christ has indeed been risen from the dead. I say Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God to the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under his feet, it is clear that this does not include God himself. Who put everything under Christ? You see, it says the last enemy will be death. The last enemy will be death. Death is the number one human enemy. Death is one enemy that is common to every tribe, to every nation, to every color, to every person, every age group. No matter how old you are, you will find this enemy attacking you. The day you are born, you will acquire this enemy, whether you like it or not. Hallelujah. Now, if all our hope, if all our hope is to live and let this enemy take us and we are gone, then we are of all men the most miserable. Hallelujah. If there is no other life beyond this life, then we are of all men the most miserable. That means that we come in this world, we are born, and we live, and we work, and work, and eat, and work, and eat, and work. Every day we are just eating, and working, eating, and working, eating, and working, and then we die, and that's it. It cannot be. What is the point? What is the point of such a life? What is the point of such a life? What is the point in having a pregnant Can I have a pregnant woman? Can you come here? Can, can, you, can I have some pregnant women here? Please, come, come, come. Come, come, come. Look. Oh, I, we are blessed in this church. Wow. We are going to preach together. Look at these women. Look at these women. Do you know, do you know what? It's not because they have eaten too much. This is not food. This is not food. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Do you know what is there? I will tell you what is there. Yes, I will tell you. You see, what is the point in pregnancy? What is the point in being pregnant if there will be no other life beyond the pregnancy? What will be the point that this woman will go through? Look at them. Look, 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 look how. Is this how you want to look like all your life? Look at them. Look at her dress. Look at her. Look. Come here. Come. Yes, you. Come. Come. You too. Come. Come. You see? You see the address? You see them? Look at these ones. You see? You see, they cannot wear dresses like this. Don't you want to wear dresses like this one day? So, what is the point? What is the point? Look at their faces. Look at their faces. You see, I remember when this woman came. She was so beautiful. I have a photograph of her. Very beautiful. Look at her. Very beautiful. Look. I know, I know them. Very beautiful women. Look at them. Now, look at their faces. Their skin color. If you take a photograph, unless they are smiling, you can see them. going through all of this and this torture can you walk let me see walk 
Look how she's walking. Walk, let me see. Look how she's walking. Look at this one. Walk here, let me see. Look at this one. Walk, let me see. Look at this one. Come back. Come back. What is the point? What is the point in going through all of this? Changing your face, changing your nose, changing your color, changing every feature. What is the point in going through all of this if afterwards there is nothing else? What is the point? And I tell you, if we were to manage and we were to go inside here and start preaching to them and we say, listen, this life here is only for nine months. Eh? Are you listening to the preacher? This life is only for nine months. You are going to be here only for nine months. And at the ninth month, at the ninth month, you will come out. At the ninth month, you will come out. Do you think they will believe you? Do you think that babies who are here will believe you? Why? Because they have not seen any other life. All the life they know about is here. This is the world they know about. They don't know any other world. This is the only world they have seen. In this world, they swim. In this world, you don't need a bus. You don't need a car. You don't need to drive anywhere. You just swim wherever you want to go. In this world, you don't need eyes. In this world, you don't need to have feet. In this world, you don't need teeth. If they develop teeth, they will be in a lot of trouble for this woman here. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? They don't need teeth in this room. In this world, they, they don't need lungs to breathe. But they need to make preparation for the world that is to come. They need to go through transformation. Here they have been born to live in this world. They have been conceived to live in this world. But they need to make preparation. Because a time is coming. There will be a time. We say that and the trumpet will sound. And at the sound of the trumpet, they will push out. And when they are pushing out, there is no going back. You cannot say, I am not ready. You cannot say, no, 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 I need to form my lungs. You cannot say, no, no, no. When the time comes, when the time comes and the trumpet sounds, they are coming out. They will come out. And if they have not made that preparation, because they are going to be born into this world. They are going to be born into this world. And in this world, they need to be in a different form. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? In this world, they're going to be in another form. In this world, they need to have mature lungs. They need to have nails. In this world, you're going to have to grow teeth. In this world, you can't swim everywhere you're going. In this world, you're going to have to develop legs. In this world, your skin is going to have to be tough. Because you are going to experience unfavorable weather conditions. In this world, you're going to have to have brain that is developed. Brain that is mature. In this world, you're going to have to have eyes. You are there and all the time your eyes are closed and you don't care where you are going. But in this world, your eyes are going to have to be open. And if they do not make that preparation and they come into this world, they are going to suffer. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Let's continue to read. You two can sit down. Do you need chairs? Can you give them chess, please? Give them chess. Let them have chess to sit down. Hallelujah. It says, verse 29, it says, Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead, are you listening to me? It's okay now. Do you need some, give her some, some jacket. Bring her, give me. We have another one. 
Wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, he says, now, if there is no resurrection, verse 29, what will those who are baptized for the dead? What will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? Why do we have to endanger ourselves driving on the highways, coming in the night, day, early morning, coming back and forth? Why do we have to endanger ourselves for all of this if there is no resurrection? If all this life is about is here. Why do we endanger ourselves? Why do we put ourselves in jeopardy? He says, I face death every day. Yes, I face death every day. When you are driving to church back and forth, you are facing death every day. There are so many drivers who are on the highway who are not of their right minds. You are facing death every day. He says, I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, then let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. If this is what the life is, then let us be like the unbelievers. Let's eat and drink, for tomorrow we shall die. And that's it. There is nothing else. Why don't we just eat and drink and die? We are fighting people who are fighting the church. We are waking up at dawn, praying against the enemies of the church. Rising up. Why do we have to do all that? He says, I fought the beast in Ephesus. I was fighting, putting my life in jeopardy. Why do we have to do that? If there is no other hope beyond this life. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That is why sometimes you don't have to listen to certain people. Some of you, you're doing wonderful things. You are loved. You are cherished in the church. And then you start listening to other people. And they corrupt your good morals. Beloved, the reason why we are in the church is that Christ died for us. And that should be our focus. He says, come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. If there are some who are ignorant of God, I say this to your shame. But someone will ask. I want you to pay attention very carefully. Someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. You ask a question like that. He says, how foolish. That that question you are asking is a foolish question. What do you mean, how are the dead raised? What do you sow does not come to life unless it dies? If you have a beautiful corn and you sow it in the ground, it dies. And what comes out is not the same body. Can you believe that? Can you believe that concept? Or at least, have you seen that concept? That when you sow a grain of corn, it dies. And when it comes up, it does not come back with the same body. But it comes up with a different form. You can understand that. Very good. So that is why I say your question is foolish. He says, when you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. To each kind of seed, he gives his own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Bears another. And fish another. There are also heavenly bodies. And there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly body is one kind. And the splendor of the earthly body is another. The sun has, not one, the sun has one kind of splendor. The moon another. And the stars another. And the stars differs from the star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. 
Let me take time and explain that to you. You see this woman? You see, the babies that are formed here, this is what Paul is trying to explain here. He says, they are formed in a dip, with a different body. They are formed here with a different body. The seed is the same seed. It's the seed that God has planted here. It is that same seed that is going to come out here. But it is covered in a different body. Now this body here, it is very fragile. This body here, the eyes are not even necessary. They don't use the eyes. They don't use the brain. This body here, it does not eat food. It does not chew food. It does not swallow food. Through a placenta, food is delivered to the bodies here. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? These bodies here, they don't have nails. They don't need lungs to survive. But they are going to be born into another world. And in this world, there is an earthly body. Now, this earthly body, you're going to need to have skin that is tough. You're going to need nails. You're going to need teeth. You're going to need skull that protects the brain. You're going to need eyes that are awake, opening, and can see. And if that preparation is not made here, they will suffer in this world. Now, the same way, he's saying that we are also going to transition from this well to another well. And beloved, just like the babies, because you have not seen that well, you think this is all our world encompasses. So you would think that here, we just need to eat, drink, and die. And that's it. Just like the babies thought. What is the point in going through all of this if afterwards there is no other life? What is the point in going through all that we are going through if afterwards there is no other life? What is the point? But we also, we're going to have to need another form of body. I say we are going to need another form of body. We are going to need another form of body. We are going to be also transitioning. And he says that there is an earthly body and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The spiritual did not come first. It was the natural. That is why we are in the natural form now. That is why we are in the natural form. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this afternoon? The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. We shall bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood, listen very carefully. He says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Placenta and amniotic fluid cannot inherit the world that we live in here. You cannot inherit this world with placenta and amniotic fluid. You will not survive in, in this world with placenta and amniotic fluid. And he says that in the kingdom of God also, flesh and blood cannot inherit it. You cannot enter the kingdom of God with this body and with this blood that you are that's running in you. You cannot. Beloved, this is the foundation of our faith. Michael, do you understand what I'm sharing this afternoon? This is the foundation of our faith. This is the foundation of our faith. If we cannot grasp this concept, if we cannot understand this concept, then we are for all men the most miserable. Tamara, do you understand what I'm sharing this afternoon? He says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. Indeed, it is a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. I say, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, and these babies, they will come out. 
Whether they are ready or not, they will come out. When the trumpet is sounded for you, whether you are ready or not, you will go out. You will enter into that world. You will leave this world and you go into the next one. He says, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the, imperish, the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? This is what he's saying. He says that the trumpet will sound. The trumpet will sound. And these babies, when the trumpet sounds, Nine months, you got to come out. Sometimes they don't want to come. They say, ah, I need a one, one more week. They don't want to come. But the ninth month, if you're not coming, we will come and get you. We will come and get you. We will open you up and take you out. Because you can't stay there forever. There is another life. What is the point in pregnancy? Why are you going to stay there if you're not going to come and enjoy this longer life? You got to come out. That is why when they come out, they start crying. You see, when you come out, they have to start crying. Because in this well, there's a lot of crying. You have to cry. And if you come out and you are not crying, we think something is wrong with you. We whip your butt. Start crying. Start crying. We will beat your butt to start crying. Because you have come. You see, because you are still sleeping, you think you are in that well. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! And in the same way, you are also going to change. He says that we will not all sleep, but all of us will change. Everyone will change. Whether you are born again or you are not born again, you will change. You see, that is why some people think that in hell, if it is fire that quenched not and will be everlasting fire, why? This body will burn. You are not going to hell with this body. You are going to hell with another form that does not die. And you are going to suffer. All the world, all the life that is left for you, you are going to suffer. All of us will change. I say all of us will change. Everyone will change. You will take a different form. Hallelujah. And it says in that world, in that world, you cannot inherit it with flesh and blood. You cannot inherit it with flesh and blood. Hallelujah. It says the stench of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. Do you understand? So, you see, it is death. You see, death is our number one enemy. And the power of death comes over us because of sin. Because it says that the scripture says that the wages of sin is death. And so it is sin that makes death have power over us. Do you understand? And the scripture is saying that sin comes as a result of the law. Do you understand? It is because of law that we have sin. So for instance, Henri. If there is one way, you see, and tomorrow if you come and they have changed the sign and they put it this way and you turn that way, you have not committed any sin. Do you understand? It is the law. If they say that you, everyone should sleep at 6 p.m. and after 6 p.m. you have not slept, you have broken the law. Do you understand? So it is the law that brings sin unto us. So you can sleep midnight. You can sleep 2 a.m., 3 a.m., nothing is wrong. But the day that they change the law and they say, everyone should sleep at 6 p.m., from that time, if you go beyond 6 p.m., you have sin. It is the law that brings sin. But in that well, there is no law. So there is no sin. So there is no death. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? There is no sin. Do you see? There is no sin. So you see, you can have three husbands if you want. But they have made a law that if you have three husbands, it's a sin. If you have four wives, it's a sin. It's because of the law. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If they change that law and you move to another place where you can have three wives, it's not a sin anymore. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, 
if we also, the scripture says, if we are going to inherit the kingdom of God, then we cannot go in there with this flesh and blood. Now, if these babies cannot inherit this kingdom, they will be born into this kingdom, this earthly kingdom, with, if they are to come out, still holding on to your placenta because you love it, and you like your placenta, you cannot inherit this kingdom. We will have to cut it off. Do you understand? And so if you say, oh, I didn't develop my intestines well, and so I need a placenta to still live here, there is no mother who is going to walk around with you all the time with your placenta and because you didn't prepare well. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now, similarly, if we also do not prepare well, if we do not prepare ourselves, if we also do not transform and transition into that which fits that new body, we are also going to suffer in that world. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? We are also going to suffer in that world. These babies will be born into this world. And that is why you are also going to be born again into that world. And so if you are not born again, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Yes, they are born here, but you need to be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. And that power that makes this body not fit and be transformed into a body that fit, that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So he says, having this understanding, he says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Yeah. Hallelujah. It says your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Me, our labor in the Lord is not in vain. David, our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Steve, our labor in the Lord is not in vain. There is a labor in this world that is in vain. He says, and yea, their works do follow them. There are works that will follow you. Now, your works that you are doing here on this earth, it is for here. It is called doing work for a living. Whilst you are living, you are doing some work here. Whilst you are living, you are doing some work. Whilst you are living, you are marrying. Whilst you are living, you are pursuing a career. Whilst you are living, you need more money. You need promotion. Whilst you are living, you need clothes. You need to wear shoes. Whilst you are living, you need to have hair, different kinds. Whilst you are living. But I tell you, when the trumpets sound, all that works, all that works, that is for here, you leave it here. It is the works that will follow you into the world. When the trumpets sound, the placenta, the amniotic fluid, all the unnecessary things that we don't need here, they will be left here. What is going to come here, it is what is fit for this world. Amen. Hallelujah. What is going to come here is what is fit for this world. And so, beloved, if we are going to spend all our lives Working for this life, if we are going to spend all our lives pursuing career and marrying and fighting and, and raising children and eating and working and eating, just you go and you make more money and you eat more. And then you wake up again and then you go and you make money and then you eat. And then you rise up and if that is all we are doing and you are not doing any work for there, then I want to tell you that all that work, when that trumpet sound, they will be left here. The only thing that is going to follow you are the works that you have done for the Lord. Now ask yourself, what have you done for the Lord? What have you done for the Lord? Right now, ask yourself, if the trumpet sounds today, what am I taking with me? What works am I taking? Am I preaching to somebody this afternoon? 
I want each one of you to ask yourself that question. You have pursued so many things for this world. You have done so many things for this living. Look, the things that we do here say, what do you do for living? There is work for the living, but there is work after living. There are things that we do for after living. What have you done for after this living? Amen. I want you to ponder over that and ask yourself, if the Lord were to call today, am I in that preparation? He says the books will be open. Is your name written in the book of life? Would your name be found in the book of life? Beloved, our life does not involve only living here. There is a life after this life. And if you do not believe it, look at these women and see that these babies, there are lives waiting for them. I believe that our lives are in transition. There's a short phase of nine months and a longer phase, which for us, it can be 70 years, 50 years, 30 years, 20 years. If it, mine was the, the night before, it would have been 50-something years. <laughs> but by all means, it will end. And when it ends, it's another phase of life, which is eternity. And it says that this body cannot inherit eternity. This perishable body, this body that has committed fornication, that have lied, that have stolen. We cannot allow you to come to heaven with this. You will dig the gold that is on the street and create a lot of potholes on the street of heaven. So we are going to inherit that kingdom with another form. And that it is only accomplished through the blood of Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet and let us bring the service to your place. Before we do that, why don't you stretch forth your hand and let us pray for these pregnant women in the name of Jesus, my Lord and my God. Oversee them, that which you have begun, Lord, bring it to perfection, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, O oh God. Let this seed come to life. Father, this seed shall come in its full form to life in the name of Jesus. We sanctify the seed that has been sown here. These are proper children, O oh God. They will be born into a world of joy and a world of peace and a world of happiness. And their life shall bring joy to these women and to their fathers. In the name of Jesus, we glorify your name. We give you praise. We give you honor. We cancel every plan of Satan concerning their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. You may be. Oh, yes. Today, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Oh, you need to surrender all to Jesus. There is no end. There is no end. There is no point in a life that is just going to end. And there is no other life beyond this. What have you accomplished for the Lord? What have you surrendered to Him? What have you given to the Lord? Is this all your life about? Is this all the life you are living? There is a life beyond this. Blessed Savior, I surrender If you are here this afternoon, on this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, you say, I want to resurrect with Jesus Christ. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender all to Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to be born again. I want to make a preparation for the next phase of life. I want to enter into eternity. If that is you, you want to give your life to Jesus this afternoon. You want to come to Christ this afternoon. Wherever you are, I want you to lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Beloved, you are not sure. You are not sure. If you were to die today, you are not sure where you are going. You are not sure. You are not sure. You are not sure. 
Beloved, there is a life beyond this. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived by the world that is around you. Do not be deceived by what you see here. There is a life beyond here. Are you prepared for that life? Are you prepared for eternity? If that is you, you want to give your life to Jesus with all eyes closed, every head bowed. Wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Blessed Savior, I surrender. The trumpet shall sound, and whether you are prepared or not, you'll be pushed over. You'll be pushed out. The trumpet shall sound, whether you are ready or not, you'll be pushed over. You cannot go back. You cannot pack yourself and go back. Whether you are ready or not. Are you ready, my brother, my sister? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? But tonight, this afternoon, you can make yourself prepared. You can make preparation. You can be ready. That if the trumpet were to sound for you today, if the trumpet were to sound, you can make assurance that you are ready. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join and let's say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. You were crucified on the cross. You shed your blood for me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Let the blood of Jesus wash me. Lord Jesus, this afternoon, this Resurrection Sunday, I invite you into my life. Come and live in my life. Come and live in my heart. Take control of my life. Lord Jesus, be my master. Be my savior. From today, I will serve you. From today, I will follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? Quickly, you are here with your tithe. Lift up your hand, get an envelope, and let's receive your tithe. Are you blessed this afternoon? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.